things. Social media is social. It's not media. It's there for us to have conversations. You need to provide value to them all along, long before they need to help you. Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Welcome to another edition of your personal branding podcast, and I'm really excited about today's guest, special guest. I have Ted Koine. He's going to enlighten us on the subject to do with social media and personal branding. Ted, welcome to the podcast show. Bernard, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. I love this topic. Wonderful. Ted, let me just put you on the spot right away. Who okay. is Ted in your own words? I am an author, a professional speaker, and chief marketing officer of a startup called Metal It, Metal.it. Folks named you as one of the most influential social media folks to follow. And all these accolades and all these attributes and achievements. And um, who are you behind the scenes of social media, of all that work you do? Maybe as a dad, well, let's get to know Teddy in that aspect. Sure. Uh, when I was 34, I started my first business. Now I'm 48, so you can kind of do the math in there. Uh, and I've founded three companies so far. Metal is not, I did not found Metal, um, but I love it. So uh, that's why I'm working here. So I, uh, my first company was a language school. I was teaching English as a second language. And um, my the company I was working for didn't really give me any career opportunities. So uh, long story short, I founded a language school of my own, churching, teaching first English as a second language and then, you know, other languages. We hired teachers. So uh, we had people teaching Mandarin and Spanish, Portuguese, you name it, uh, as well as English. And um, so anyway, that was, that was a lot of fun. In 2005, I published my first of now three books. And I started speaking around the country. Uh, I love speaking to an audience. So my recent book is A World Gone Social, How Companies Must Adapt to Survive. About going on six years ago now, um, my co-author and I realized that we are in a brand new age of business. So the transformation from the, uh, the agrarian age to the industrial age was incredibly dramatic. And, you know, we've all read about it in our history books, people leaving the farm and going to the factory that changed how people made money. That changed really everything over the course of the next century or so. Well, we are in the midst of an absolutely similar change. I can't stress that enough. Mm. The way we did business in the industrial age may not have been all that, uh, you know, wonderful for the workers or the executives, but it got the job done. Well, doing business that way in the social age is no longer effective. And what we're seeing with the, the very largest legacy companies is they are struggling to figure out how to do business today. It's a really good time for entrepreneurs because uh, <laughs> small is now an advantage. Being able to move quickly and change on a dime there's no disadvantage whatsoever to being small. We've got all this free technology. 
or really cheap technology at our fingertips. And the big guys are having trouble. They're reeling. It's, it's kind of like the dinosaurs when the, uh, the meteor hit the earth or the volcano blew up, whatever it is that caused their extinction. All of a sudden they're looking around and they're saying, boy, uh, I, I'm hungry. There's no food left. What am I going to do? The little mammals, uh, they were, they thrived at that time. And that's where humans and elephants and everything else came from is that tremendous shift in the environment. Well, the same thing is going on. There's a tremendous shift in how we do business. So since about 2008, uh, social media has taught our customers that if they're unhappy, they can do something about it, whereas before they could just write a letter to the president and, and, uh, and just tell 10 friends. Now they tell 10 friends, instead they can tell 10,000 friends. And if, uh, if it's just maybe those 10,000 friends can turn into 10 million friends, it happens. And employees are saying, you know, uh, I don't really like my company and I'm, I can tap into my network and find people who recommend much better companies to work for and find work that way. So that's another way. Now what all this means to personal branding, so let's, let's get, to the heart of your show, mm-hmm. it's a passion of mine because we all need to have a personal brand as well as the company brand that we work for. So not all of us are entrepreneurs with our own company, but we all have careers. And in the past, our career was just, you know, uh, we associated with our company. Well, now people, at least in the United States, Bernard, people are leaving companies about every three years. And millennials are leaving faster. So the people in their uh, early 30s and younger, they're leaving companies every uh, 1.8 years. And so your career, you're kind of like a, a hermit crab where you carry your career with you on your back and you travel. And companies are really, um, they're, they're great for experience. They're great for, uh, of course, you know, paying you for giving you meaning if it's a wonderful company with a great a great cause, but what they're not great for anymore is long-term employment. Our personal brand is something that we're going to have for the next two years, the next 10 years, the next 30 years. And we really need to consciously develop that uh, just as, as professionally as we do the rest of our skill set. Right. Now, let's, let's delve deeper into the, the personal branding myth and methods. One may be working in an organization and thinking that I don't need to really focus on my personal brand, but you you advocating that an individual brand is very essential in this social age. How does one begin to, as an employee, begin to build a brand of company? So a brand, I'm sorry, what was the last word there? How can a, an individual build a, a brand, a personal brand of his or a company? One way that, that we can do this uh, is to establish a blog, if we are bloggers. And I'll, I'll get back to that one in a second. But you can kind of tell the world how you think about different issues. And if you write a blog about your field, so say you are a cloud engineer, you, you write a blog about cloud engineering. If you are a, a manager of customer service reps, you, you write a blog about the best customer service you know, that you've experienced the best ideas to share that and compare it to, you know, the ones that are maybe not so, <clears throat> quote, best. Well, that's that's one way. Blogging is, uh, it takes a lot of time. 
So I personally write about three hours uh, each time that I craft a blog post of maybe, you know, 800 to 1,500 words. It's, it's time-consuming. We don't all do that as a, as a profession. Another really simple way of building our personal brand is the, we establish ourselves on different social networks. So we establish ourselves on LinkedIn, which used to just be for, you know, posting your resume kind of, uh, but now it's, it's gotten a bit more advanced. LinkedIn groups are where the real social activity happens. So that's one great place. Facebook, depending, you know, Facebook is, is very much for, um, for people who want to connect with their friends, but, you know, there's a lot of professional connection on Facebook as well. So, uh, and then Twitter, you know, I, I love Twitter to death because it is the most social of the social networks. You can just reach out to anybody and, uh, have a conversation with them. You don't need their permission first, which is really kind of funny. That's the funny thing about the other social networks. It could be Instagram, Snapchat, you name it. Uh, we establish ourselves on these social sites and then we are creating a digital trail. So who is this guy? Who is Bernard Kelvin Clive? Well, Clive. Mm-hmm. Well, Bernard is this guy who I can Google in an instant, and I can click on the different uh, you know places that Google serves up. I can see what he's been doing on Twitter. I can see what he's been doing on his blog, on his podcast, everything at just a couple of mouse clicks away. That is how we establish our personal brand. Now let's get back to blogging because this is what. It- so much about um, metal. So in uh, in my book, uh, World Gun Social, chapter 13, we wrote about uh, content marketing. And at the time, we, we compared the right. first wave of content marketing, which is what companies were doing. Companies, you know, had a marketing department that had, you know, started establishing blogs and had um, created company content that the marketing department would then share. Uh, with with the world. And then uh, the second wave of content marketing, which we really were excited about, there's all sorts of companies out there doing this now. One of them, for instance, is Dynamic Signal. Another one is Sprinkler. These companies um, allow you to, you know, if you're running a company, you can use the social networks established by your employees to say, here's some content. If you share it with your network, great. It will help us establish our brand and maybe that will provide some value for you um, because you're sharing good stuff. So if you work for a company that produces really high quality white papers or infographics or something and you share some of those white papers and infographics and blog posts and everything else to your network, maybe you know your network will, will see value and certainly you'll be providing value to your employer. So that's a second wave of content marketing and that's good and that's one way that the individual employee can kind of build their brand. So when we wrote the book, we we said to ourselves, you know, this is the cutting edge. This is the next thing, this second wave. Well, we published the book, and just a few months later, I start using Metal. So Metal, Metal.it, it's M-E-D-D-L-E dot I-T, is this site where instead of writing a, a blog post yourself for three hours or for a company, instead of sharing... The company branded content, which let's face it, you know, people look at that and they say, well, this is um, another form of advertising and people don't trust advertising. They, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're laughing because as a consumer, you don't trust advertising. I personally do not trust advertising, yes. right? We, none of us do. 
So, <laughs> but what people do trust is they trust their employees. Uh, sorry, they they trust people, and the employees of a company are people, and the employees of a company are not going to be salesy and lead their followers down the wrong path. Because let's face it, if they do. They're not going to have any followers. They're not going to have anybody paying attention to them on their social networks. So what Metal does very, very quickly in three minutes instead of three hours, you can, you know, you read something and you say, "Wow, that article in Forbes, for instance, was really great." And this paragraph right here sparked my thought. I'm going to write a, kind of a comment on it, but instead of putting that comment on Forbes, and then Forbes benefits from having comments if anybody reads them, but let's just assume. Forbes benefits from having. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't read comments either. That's another thing.、Um, For benefits from the comments, you personally do not benefit from the comments. You're not building your personal brand, really. And then、uh, your employer also does not benefit from those comments. It's Forbes that benefits. Well, instead of that, you can create a medal. Now you are establishing. It's like a blog, but it's you know very short form content. And. You、I'll、link back to the article on Forbes. You're not taking anything from Forbes, for instance, or Huffington Post, or Business、uh, Insider, wherever you read. You're,、um, you know, you're you're linking people back. Hey, you know, read the full article.、Um, but in your metal, say you write for three minutes. It takes you five sentences on the thoughts that this post evoked. Right? You publish that.、Um, Now your network gets content that shows them how smart you are, not how smart your company is for the advertising it's asking you to share, and that's a really big difference. That's that goes right to the you know the authenticity, the、um, the trust really is、uh, you know all these fancy words we're using lately, authenticity, transparency. It all boils down to trust. Bernard, I trust、mm-hmm. you. Because you're a guy, I can see your face in your different avatars on social. I can hear your voice in your podcast. You are a person whose advice I will take, because you're not going to steer me wrong. Or you know, if you do, the next the next person won't. Whereas company, come on, that's that's a, a carefully polished message. A committee has looked it over.、Uh, you know.、Um, so anyway, so that's what Metal does for companies. Metal. Allows the smart and the smart employees to、um, to write medals on the branded site that the company has. So now, say you're I don't know. Let us take an example. Say you're Accenture.、Um, you've got a ton of very intelligent, highly educated employees. If you had metal on your site, you could、um, show off just how smart they are. And all the while, when people are reading the the medals on the、uh, Accenture branded site, they're seeing, oh, okay, this is Accenture. You're building SEO. You're building、uh, Accenture's brand. So that's that is the third wave of content marketing. The third wave is individuals sharing their own wisdom and insight and experience on corporate branded websites. That sounds so、uh, wonderful. Now let's begin to look at it. How can organizations benefit from an individual's personal brand, especially using a tool like Medalit? So, your、um, so let's take a look at the numbers first of all. So, say you're you know you're doing the first wave of of marketing the、um, the traditional. You've got、um, your sphere, a company of ten thousand employees. 
and you've got uh, 100 people in your marketing department. Okay, so you've got 100 people creating and sharing the content that the company makes. So that's that's you know more effective than nothing, certainly, but it's not very effective compared to you uh, use the second wave of content marketing where you take your 10,000 employees and you say, hey, you know, let's get at least 4,000 of these people to opt into sharing corporate content. It's really smart. Uh, You've got people who are, um, they have networks themselves and they may not be very large individually or they may, but together, wow, 4,000 people sharing good content? That's that's pretty amazing. That's much better for the company. But say then you have... uh, Metal instead, so the third wave of content marketing. The third wave of content marketing, instead of, as we were discussing, the trust issue of, okay, you know, these these 4,000 employees are sharing the corporate branded message, and, you know, I, I don't trust that too much as a, as a follower of theirs. Um, these people are sharing their own thoughts. So you've got a very intelligent person who's an expert in a given field who is writing their thoughts on the things they read throughout the day, and as a follower, you're saying, wow, this person's really smart. And where do they work? Oh, we hmm. could use that company's goods or services. And, you know, often you can't use their goods or services. But when you need what they sell, they come to mind first. That's the power of of individually branded um, content marketing. Amazing. So, what does the future hold for uh, brands, personal brands, in in the era of social? So, so the future is already happening, and I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's kind of cool. You know, um, a couple of times recently, I've been called a futurist, and I say, well, you know, maybe maybe the things I'm saying were all sorts of future back in 2005, but today this is what's happening. But the problem is to be, you know. To give uh, people a little credit, it's not happening on a massive scale yet. We're turning the tide. Bernard, 2015 is the year where the late majority adopters come on board and everybody else is a laggard. Everybody else who is not participating in social media by the end of this year, it it's probably too late for them. So... Um, now, what, what social branding means, what personal branding means on social is this is where you do it. Uh, in the past, maybe we would need to be a, uh, you know, a published author ourselves, or maybe we would need to have a column in our local newspaper, or if we were really, really good in, you know, a, a print magazine or something like that. Today, everyone. Everyone in the world can establish a blog, and you know, that doesn't mean everyone's going to read your blog. Uh, there are many blogs with only you know a uh, hundred readers a month, so that's a problem. <laughs> uh, everybody can establish a Twitter account. Does that mean that you know four hundred thousand people are going to follow your Twitter account? Not on the first day, but you know what? I had um, I had four people who followed me, and then I had forty. And then I had 400. Everybody goes through the same thing. And it's all a matter of consistency. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of, uh, you know, providing value, sharing stuff that's actually worth sharing uh, so that people read it and people find you and people recommend you to others. Same thing with, uh, you know, participating in Twitter chats and LinkedIn groups. Same thing with private groups on um, Facebook. 
Uh, same thing. You know, I, a lot of people still use Google Plus, I guess. Um, <laughs> I very rarely use Google Plus, but you know, whatever. Uh, there's up and coming websites. There's, um, you know, if, if people love visual medium, then Instagram is just a great spot for, for them. And that's a big reason why it's so popular. Um, I personally am not very visual, unfortunately. Um, but some people really are. Some people don't, you know, they're not, the written word is not their strength, but visual presentation is their strength. So you get a site like Pinterest or Instagram and man, that's powerful for you. So the, the one thing that I have to advise anybody, when you are building your personal brand, please build it intentionally. If you are uh, comfortable in one medium, say you're very comfortable, you're very experienced in Facebook, but all you're in a B2B type of company, all of your customers are hanging out on LinkedIn, then it does not matter where you're comfortable. You need to learn to be comfortable on LinkedIn. Um, so go where your customers are and, and also your customers could be your next employer. Maybe you're not selling anything. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, it turns out maybe you are selling your personal brand and your personal brand is, you know, the next time you need a, you need a job, um, somebody comes looking for you rather than you having to go looking for them. World gone social, so it's, it's it's critical that one needs to get on social, especially at this age. And you know, in other part of the world, few companies are delving into the use of social media for business advancement. And it's it's from your book, A World Gone Social, you mentioned about the death of large. So let's look at that, the death of large and making it more important to using small circles or small communities. Can you expand us uh, or expose that? Yeah. Um, so my favorite, my personal favorite part of our book is section two. It's three chapters. And the first chapter of that is the death of large. That's the name of it, where um, we were talking at the beginning of our of our talk, Bernard, about how large companies no longer have an advantage. Often they have a disadvantage because it used to be that we had economies of scale where, OK, if I'm making uh, 10,000 um, tires an hour, I can provide those towers at uh, Sorry, tires at a much lower price than if I'm only making, you know, 10 tires an hour, right? Um, because I'm buying my materials cheaper, everything else. Well, that was economies of scale. Now we have diseconomies of scale where when you're a big company and you want to change the direction your company is going in, it's like changing, it's like steering a tanker ship. You have to start steering about 20 miles before the ship begins to turn. And so it may take you to change direction in your business. It may take you a year or two. Small companies, never mind. You know, way back in the 90s, before people were, were really on the Internet too much, uh, I, I read a really, really good article about how people, and this is very common today, how um, people in developing nations in the middle of nowhere, uh, farmers, for instance, were using satellite phones to sell their goods on the world's market rather than in the local village market. And the difference mm -hmm. to them and their family was just transformational. Well, today, uh, what happened in a lot of, a lot of countries around the world, and, and the United States is one of the few where this did not happen, is people adopted cell phone technology rather, or, you know, mobile technology rather than, mm -hmm. um, going to desktop computing. So they just jumped over that, um, whole, 
whole um, type of technology for the next the next wave. And actually, in that way, uh, America is trying to catch up with Asia and much of the developing world. It's it's really interesting. So. Um, much of the world is already using mobile. Much of the um, world's uh, commerce is mobile. Um, you know, internet websites. If you want to put your company out there and you don't optimize for mobile, you're in a big, <laughs> you're, you're in a huge disadvantage because people aren't going to find you. A lot of research indicates that more people are safe and using mobile, mobile, even on the internet than before. Yeah, exactly. You know, I I personally will sit at my um, I use a laptop and I use uh, an iPhone, and I will sit next oh. to my laptop at my desk and I will tweet and answer email on my phone. I don't ask me why. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the nice thing is because I have my email and my social um, you know my social apps with me in my phone wherever I go. I can walk downstairs and make myself a coffee. I can drive and pick up my girl at the uh, at school. And while I'm waiting for her to, to get out of school, I'm still working on my phone. And the thing is, you know, people around the world are, are able to do this, and it's just normal for many people. Um, and as we get deeper into the social age, it's just going to get more and more normal. You know, technology just needs to diffuse a little bit more. Um, so in that way, people outside of the United States are actually, you know, ahead of us. As far as the adoption of social outside of uh, the United States, yeah, I guess we have more adoption of social within our companies than other places. Um, there's a lot of companies that are doing great with social, but a lot more that are struggling or have not even begun yet in the United States. Um it's just a matter of, of uh, you know, adoption, of making things normal. When people become comfortable with social networks, when they actually use them, the adoption rate skyrockets. Yeah, great. Now, from your book, uh, World Gone Social, uh, Chapter 6, you look at the power of communities. I really believe in a community building, whether digital or even offline, the power of community. Can you tell about deeper into that, how we can leverage communities to enhance our brands and our businesses. Yes. Um, so in Chapter 6, we talk about um, community a bit. And then also in Chapter 9, we talk about open, which is ordinary people, extraordinary networks. So they're both tapping our, tapping our community, our network to the uh, benefit of ourselves or to our companies. So for both of those... Um, when we're talking about community, the most important thing that a company can have is a community manager to blaze the trail, to lead the way uh, in social adoption throughout the company, and also to um, to kind of get the cheerleaders who are outside of the company, the customers, the community, the um, even the vendors, to rally them around the brand. Now... Um, so we give some great examples. In fact, um, our, our hero of that chapter is Tim McDonald, who um, is probably the, the world's foremost authority on, um, uh, on community managers. He is um, just a man who has been doing it and teaches others, and he is what we call a relentless giver. He, um, he's just generous, and it comes back to him a hundredfold. Um, so it's, it's a really – it was a fun – chapter to um to research and a really a really great read i think 
complimenting my own book. I apologize. Now, (laughs) in chapter nine, uh, we talk about open, which is ordinary people, extraordinary network. So again, we're talking about the the network effect. It's um, who we are connected to. Now, what this means is um, it's really funny. People people have different takes on what open might mean. So I'll I'll tell you our intention. Mm -hmm. Ordinary people, we may be extraordinary in something, right? All of us or many of us. Uh, so say you're a, a Harvard professor, you're extraordinary at your field. But let's face it, outside of your field, you may not be any more special than some people. You may be terrible. Same thing with companies. Mm. You may have a company of, uh, you know, say you have a company of 10 employees rather than 10,000, right? And you've got some really great talent, some experts in your company of 10. However... There are a lot of places where you lack expertise, but tapping into our social network, we can bring in the wisdom of the people that we are connected to. The nice thing is, uh, you know, um, in the in days gone by, we were connected to the people that we physically met. In social, we are just a, a click or two away from being to, connected to people from around the world. So. Bernard, you and I are talking, we're on different continents. Uh, my co-author Mark and I, he lives in Seattle, Washington. I live in Naples, Florida. That's a six-hour plane ride if you can get a direct ride. So we were working on a book for a full year before we ever met physically in person. We did our work via video chat on Skype because, you know, I, I like the eye contact and so does he. But um, so we were working together. I found Mark, by the way, or he found me, however that worked. We found each other via um, Twitter. He was just, uh, you know, a guy I admired. And I, I reached out to him years ago. First, he helped with our last, uh, my last um, business endeavor as a leadership website called Switch and Shift. So we brought him on as our third partner with Switch and Shift. And then he, uh, you know, we built a relationship. And, and then when I needed help with my book, I said, boy, who knows an author I should uh, talk to about co-authoring? And Mark said, you know, I love that topic and I would love to do it as well. And that's how that works. So, you know, through our networks, we, no matter how normal we are, no matter how non-expert, we can become expert. How companies can do this is say you have an innovation challenge and you just are not your, your research and development uh, department or your in-house engineers, whatever. They're not solving the challenge. Well, you know what? Today, we just create a contest. Whoever does best in the contest, uh, we give them a prize. Say we put up a purse of, um, you know, here, you, you solve this technology challenge for us. We'll give you $20,000. You can have 100 different, 100 different teams working to get that $20,000. The one that gets the 20000 cool. Here you go. Here's the money. Thank you for your intellectual property you have just created for us. So it's, um, you think of companies, they used to be these walled fortresses where everybody inside was part of the company and everybody outside stayed outside. Well, today, they're more like a cell wall where they're diffuse. Things are coming into the cell wall from outside. They're going back out. um, And everybody in the company can be connected to everybody outside of the company. It's a completely different way of doing business and of thinking about what an organization is. I love the open idea, ordinary people, extraordinary networks. 
if you your own example, just meeting someone virtually, having a book together, and a lot of businesses have been established just through an open network, I'll put it so. Thanks. Yeah, you know, everything, um, it's really funny. So um, everything that I've been doing since I got on Twitter in 2009 has been developing my open network. Not not even intentionally. I just, you know, I, I find fascinating people and I kind of, I say I collect them, which just means that I um, um, talk to them sometimes uh, we become friends and um, and then I'm building my network that way. Well, what's really funny is when you see or, or sad or unfortunate, whatever you want to whatever word you want to use is when you see people say, hey, uh, you know, I'm following you on Twitter, like my Facebook page, just like that. Really? <laughs> no, seriously, is that the best you could do? The other day, somebody asked to connect with me on LinkedIn. So, you know, I said, yes, I, I always do. And then they sent me uh, an email that was, um, they're trying to sell me their product right away, right away. I don't know this person. You know, please, let's establish a relationship first. Please comment on, you know, one of the medals I've created or, rec- you know, introduce me to a friend who you think might be helpful to me. Something, provide something that is not all about you. Uh, just, I, I've got these two guys, Bernard. I love these hats. Um, Jay and Khalid. Now, these guys are both in England, and, you know, I'm in the United States, but through Twitter, we're connected, right? And they, every day, they send me at least one, but more often three or four infographics each. And they're really interesting in- infographics right. on different aspects of technology or, you know, things like that. And so I will share at least, you know, one of them each day. I love these guys. They have asked me for nothing. I don't know why they do it other than that they really enjoy getting, you know, they're they're spra- they're building their brand actually. I do know why they do it, you know, besides just being friendly. They're also building their brand. So, I share their stuff. They're they're associated with my larger network. I get it, right? But they're providing my network such value that, you know, I get people commenting on this all the time and the people say, "Well, thank you so much for sharing that very interesting thing." Conversations develop. This is how we develop relationships. It was back, you know, uh, 2,000 years ago when people were in a small village. They did the same thing around the well or around the campfire, or, you know, what, that type of thing. Social is no different. It's, um, it's just what we've always done, but now on steroids. So, so the thing about our open network, ordinary people, extraordinary network, you may be tied through social to some very extraordinary people. But that does not mean that they are going to lift a finger to help you when you reach out to them. You need to provide value to them all along, long before they need to help you. I've got friends I've had since 2009 who I still have not asked for a single thing, you know? I hope that I am providing value to these people and one day when I need them for something, if I reach out to them, They'll say, Ted, yeah, of course. We've been friends for, you know, six years now or whatever. By that time, we've been friends for 10 years. Um, and same thing with them. Some Somebody I've known for a very long time said, hey, I've got a friend who could use some help. Would you please uh, reach out to this person? Um, and, and that was it. She was asking for a favor for somebody else. I adore her so much. We've never met, by the way, those are friends. I adore her so much that... I would do that for her. That's how we develop networks, and, and it's what we call a relentless giver. Um, it's somebody who just gives because that's fun. Doing that now when you need your network 
to truly perform for you in some way, they're there for you. Wow. Of, of leveraging network and being a give a value give. I think that's one of the principles I really uphold high because when you really decide to pitch people by selling products and when it just connects, it just puts people off. But when you concern of offering value long term ends, you tend to have lots of gains and because you are helping people and not seeking for what you can gain from them. Exactly. Exactly. You know, there are times when you connect with somebody and right away you need their help. Um, and that's, you know, maybe fine. The way that, that works though is they can feel comfortable helping you if you've got a long, deep reputation of giving behind you. So somebody can easily, Bernard, you know, if you're on social, um, the longer you've been on social, the more your reputation is just out there and it's always going to be out there for the rest of, you know, eternity as, as long as nobody unplugs the internet, right? So somebody can, they can read your blog post, get to know what you think about different things. They can see who's in your network, who you interact with. They can see who's, um, you know, uh, are you just giving, giving, sorry, are you, are you just broadcasting and blasting your, you know, wisdom to the world? Or are you interacting with others and providing them value? They can see that and then they'll feel comfortable helping you will will everybody help you no there's some takers out there this no. is um the vocabulary the givers the takers that's a vocabulary of um adam grant who is um I, he's my favorite author um he wrote a book called give and take the givers the takers what he calls the matchers which are people who you know um will do you a favor if they think you'll do them a favor in the future those are matchers they're careful um People, if if you establish a reputation, Bernard, which you know I, I know you do, but I'm talking to the audience. If you establish your reputation as a giver, especially as a relentless giver, like that example I gave of um, Donald, the community manager. Well, you know what? People can see that reputation uh, long before you ever show up to them. And yeah, when you reach out, they'll be happy to help you. Well, Ted, this has been amazing. As we run up, I want to ask, what would be your billion-dollar tips, maybe about three, to a startup person trying to use social to advance his cause? Your golden nugget, three golden nuggets. Three golden nuggets. Establish yourself on the social network, or maybe two at the most, where you are, uh, sorry, where your customers are, or where your uh where your community is. So, for instance, if you're, you know, a, a cloud engineer, where do they spend time? What is the social network where a lot of them are, right? So don't go where you're most comfortable. First tip, establish yourself, establish a presence on the media that makes most sense for for your needs. Um, so that's the first one. I, I personally prefer Twitter, as you might notice, Um because yeah. everybody's on Twitter. You, you can find everybody on every topic very easily. Um, that's the first one. The second tip, more social, less media. Please, God, don't broadcast. Don't tell people this is what I think and never reply to them and never share their stuff and never have conversations. Social media is social. It's not media. It's there for us to have conversations. 
you know, 140 characters at a time, you can get a lot done over the course of uh, several tweets. You can go from there to email, from email to Skype. You know, it's um, it's a great way to start relationships or build them long-term. 140 characters at a time over the course of a year can turn into an awful lot of thoughts shared with others, right? So that's the second one. Third one is establish your thought leadership. No matter where you are in the world, your personal brand is established by you putting smart thoughts out there that make people think, okay, this person is the expert that I need in, you know, blank. I don't care if it's, um, you know, sharing information about uh, dolls, if that's important to you. Uh, you know, girls, girls' toys, who cares, right? Garden, <laughs> whatever the topic. You want to establish that you are an expert in that area, and then people will will um, think of you when they need an expert in that area. Wow, three wonderful golden nuggets. I love that, and I love that the second one. Please be social. It is social. <laughs> so Ted, where can one connect with you and all the on your books and resources? Where can one get all access to the things that you have to offer? Um, the the best place to find out about me, go to metal.it, M-E-D-D-L-E, I-T, um, forward slash Ted Coyne, T-E-D-C-O-I-N-E, and you can see my body of work for the last couple of, uh, last couple of months on there. I've, uh, written a lot of, a lot of, uh, we call them medals. I've created an awful lot of medals, uh, as far as that goes. And, um, and then in other places, Twitter. So I'm just at T-E-D-C-O-I-N-E, Ted Coyne. Uh, or my book page is um, aworldgonesocial.com. And from there, you can get a free chapter one of our book. You can find out about, um, you know, how to connect with us on other, you know, channels. My Twitter handle and my metal um, link is right there. Okay. Great. Ted, this has been very insightful and exciting interaction with you. I'm grateful for your time and for the wisdom shared. It's really a world gone social. <laughs> Bernard, thank you so much. I'm really honored to be on your show. I can wait. Yeah, great. I want to recommend my books on Amazon for you today. Visit Amazon.com and get access to all my 15 plus books today. I recommend the latest book on personal branding that is Rebrand. The ultimate guide to personal branding. Get one today and grab a copy for someone else. That is rebrand. The best is yours. <laughs>